<laughs> yes. yes. But like, the comparison like with me and some so that'd be something neat to see, you know, the Harris Harris at the Pirates playing in, in Williamsport wasn't a sh- Welcome to the Non Reserves Podcast, episode 31. The home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome aboard. I uh, just want to give a special uh, shout out and a thank you for coming on uh, last episode to Jonathan Mullins, our bobblehead guy, and baseball together, Brad and Brig. That was uh, definitely an in- interesting episode. <laughs> What was John calling, him, calling himself Johnny Bobble? I think so. Uh, he he put out on uh, Facebook tonight. So any of our PA listeners, be aware. Um, Jonathan is looking for a Liam O'Brien Hershey Bears bobblehead that was given away at Dave and Buster's in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. So any of our Harrisburg area uh, listeners, if you got that bobble, Contact me, contact David, let us know. And I'm sure Jonathan would be very interested to hear about that because he's looking for one. Yeah, something like that. That's definitely interesting to, you know, find if you can find it. I just gave him a little plug of for it on the show. <laughs> hey, it, any help would probably be great for him, you know, just to get his hands on it. I mean, why not? But yeah, if you can find it, let us know. We'll let him know. And uh, hopefully you guys can, you know, if you want to part with it or if you know where one's at, at least you can hopefully find one. So this is something we did a while back, and we decided to do it today, being still in the baseball playoffs here. This day in sports. <laughs> the first, in 1969, Oriole... Earl Weaver becomes the first manager ejected in 60 years at a World Series game. So um, a little inside baseball to everyone listening and and those of you watching right now. Uh, Before we recorded, we actually watched the ejection. (laughs) And it might be the most mellow Earl Weaver ejection I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think it's the most mellow ejection in general. Yeah, but for Earl Weaver, that was extremely subdued. I mean, this was a dude who there's a great video on YouTube of him mixing it up with an umpire for like seven minutes. And he calls the ump every word in the book. It is tremendous. Earl Earl had a gift of verbal language. Let me tell you, Um, I, I also played David. Um, a very infamous Earl Weaver clip um, from his manager's corner radio show from the eighties. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I wouldn't ask Earl uh, his opinion on how to grow tomatoes. Let me just say that. <laughs> right. That's probably the last thing you want to do. It's definitely the last thing you want to do on that one. <laughs> but um, Earl was, he was a very successful manager for the O's. Um, and then he, new management. He has, he had a reputation, you know, he was going to mix it up. He didn't believe in small ball. He was a pro home run hitting uh, manager. Uh, but I mean, at that time period what he did work for them, I mean, they did get to the world series. They won a world series. Um, very successful manager in the history of the O's um, and a legend. 
for a lot of reasons, not just because of his managerial abilities. Um, but no, he was a, he was a great manager, a great character in baseball. Something you don't see anymore. Um, it's not. That's something you definitely don't see. You don't see uh, fiery managers like that anymore. No, that, that that's definitely true. You're true on that. You definitely don't see that now. Occasionally, you may get one or two over a while, but not a, not a consistent you know fire of a manager. I know? was I was impressed this season how much Joe Girardi mixed it up with the umps. He he was mixing it up at least once a week there in like the first few months of the season. Well, at least he's sticking up for the players, though. No, he was fighting with the guy who is now their hitting coach. <laughs> um, Kevin Long was uh, worked for him in the in the Yankees organization. Now works for him in the Phillies organization, um, but he also was with the Nationals. Um, and there's a great video uh, from John Boy where they break down. Uh, Joe getting ejected by the umpire and then arguing with Kevin Long of the Nats from across the field. That has to, you know, you but, go screaming at somebody to working with them. No, you got to think they were, they were friends beforehand. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. Heat a battle. Right. Especially in a game, you know, of high stakes, you definitely have that heat there. Uh, gotta love it. So on to the first period. Minor league baseball pay raises. Now we all know minor league baseball does not make that much money in general where minor league baseball players have to get sponsor housing. So if some of them even get that. Yeah. And uh, from the article I was reading and uh, found and was reading, their pay bumps, uh, from what I'm looking at, would go from, uh, let me see here, let me find it here, I had it. All right, players at rookie level, or players at rookie and short season levels will see a minimum weekly pay raise from 290 a week to 400 where Class A would go from 290 to 500 and Double A would go from 350 to 600 and triple and yeah, and AAA from 502 to 700 a week. Now, I don't know if you that, want my thoughts on this. <laughs> go for it. It's not enough. No, I mean, there, there's a great article on The Athletic from back in August where some of these guys in AAA and AA even are living in their cars or they're bunking four guys in an in a, in a apartment. In a single bedroom apartment, yeah, sleeping on air mattresses. I, you expect these these young men to play at a peak level to impress people, to move up the ladder, to go from rookie, to go to class A, to go to double A, to go to triple A, to go to the big show. How can they do that on minimal funds, minimal food, and minimal proper rest? Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. you're sleeping on an air mattress. Let's say four days out of a week, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to get proper sleep to be rested to, you know, to do what you need to do. Like how sleeping long in you- your car, that's not any good either. No, it's not. So no, that's definitely not. You know, even, even with the pay bump for, for AAA to go in $700 a week, 
how much are they actually getting then after taxes? Right. So, and let's just, let's just say Harrisburg, for example, being that's, that's close to us. You find an apartment in Harrisburg, average rent, 15. I would say that might be realistic. I mean, what were we paying in 2008? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we were. I think but, Jamie and I were paying six thirty a month. Well, here's the thing, though. With the, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what we were paying. But that's the, the the thing is that we were at that point fifteen minutes out of Harrisburg, so we yeah. weren't in the city. So th- I mean, if you're dead set in the city, a one bedroom apartment, I went out would go between a grand and fifteen hundred. Yeah. And they're probably not even making they're getting twelve hundred every other technically every other week my, before taxes. You know, so yeah, I mean that <sighs> but yeah, it, it, in the case of Harrisburg, I mean they clearly have a good host family situation. I don't I haven't heard and, and I'm just going based on what I've heard from the people we know. I haven't heard anything of guys sleeping in a car or a bunch of guys rooming in one in a one bedroom apartment together. Um, I don't know. I just think, you know, it's not, this is not ideal. These guys should be paid more. And then I thought the whole idea of consolidating the leagues and, and getting rid of teams and doing all this stuff they did last year for this season with minor league baseball was so that the players would have more benefits. Well, here's the thing. How much money, how much money do you think? I love, you know, we're just going with Harris for just because they're down the road from us. Just on advertisements. Because you know they charge for advertisements for the outfield. Yeah. Or for any type of, you know, announcing advertisement or things like that. So how much money do you think they're getting on that? You know, on top of ticket sales, merchandise sales. Vendor sales. You know, you would think that that would be enough to cover not only what the the organization needs to take care of, well, the facility, but also to be able to pay the you know the the players more. Right, and there there's not much information online to tell you how much a team makes in a year in the minors. Um, yeah, I doubt there's going to be that information out there but also here's the thing mlb is the one raising the salary it's not the teams raising the salary it's major league baseball you can't tell me major league baseball can't afford to pay these guys a little bit more yeah i mean but you you would think though their actual team would want to do something like this would want to raise that for them not just having you know you know not just having major league baseball saying hey this is what we're doing. This is going to be the jump. But, but I have think... their actual team saying, hey, this is what we're doing for you. Not this is what your parent team is doing for you. Uh, yeah, but I think for some minor league teams, it's it's almost a hand to mouth situation. I, I think it's a lot of. I think there's some teams who are very successful and can do well, but I think there's some teams who don't. So oh, yeah, and that's any sport. So I think it's better maybe in this case the MLB is the ones footing the bill, but they could foot a lot more. That I think that's what that's what annoys me the most. MLB is for sure a billion dollar 
business, multi multiple billion dollar business. Um, oh yeah. So the fact that they're throwing four hundred dollars to a rookie and short season player is kind of a slap in the face, I think. Especially just not just to the players, but to like people like us who are fans. Like we see what these guys are doing, we see the effort they're putting in. They deserve more than that amount a week. I agree. I mean, that's the thing. They do deserve more than that a week because they are putting in that effort to be noticed, to push to go up to the pros, you know, to, to go up to the next level. Because that's every that that is every player's dream is to go to MLB. Doesn't matter what you know class you're in, you're you want to go to the show, you want to go to the top. You want to make that big contract so, and you're going to put forth the, any effort you can. So according to the Chicago Tribune, Major League Baseball is worth an approximate $66 billion. Damn. So I think they have the money that they can kind of compensate these guys a little bit better and here's the thing if you don't if major league baseball is that set on these figures why not then find pay for housing for these guys because that's half the battle right there help the teams find housing for the for the players so that the players don't have to worry about where the where they're sleeping and how they're sleeping and i think there is i I think um i think i read that there is one minor league team that actually does cover um, housing for the team. And I can't remember who it was. Kudos to that Um, team. Well, I think when we went to that game, uh, that center's game, I know, I think it was my uncle was saying about where, like, let's say underneath the, well, underneath where we were standing, how they could turn that into dorms for the players. Yes. You know, have a common area, have the dorms where every player has their privacy, but it's, it's a general dorm area. So this way you're playing for the team. Here's your housing. You still get paid this to go do whatever you need to do, but you don't have to worry about where you're sleeping. You don't have to worry about, you know, any of that. The only thing you have to worry about if the river rises. Okay. So, the Padres provide two and three bedroom furnished apartments for their rookie level and short season baseball teams in 2021. That's all so to the, them. So their rookie level and their and their A ball players had housing taken care of for them. That's great. You know, I mean that. I mean, you're you're right. That should be something that all te- you know that all you know the major league baseball teams should do. Just because of that reason where you don't need to, you can get that proper rest to perform at your top level. Yeah. How far back your, your, you know, your, your car seat can recline, you know, you know, and, and just thinking of, I mean, if the Padres would do that for double A and triple A, I don't think it would hurt their bottom dollar. They're not going to be out. A, th- a million dollars by doing that by any means no i mean but then again you got 
teams that can't do that, that can't fill the stadiums. No, but most of these teams still have multi-million dollar players for multi-year contracts. I'm sure they can find money somewhere to cover some kind of housing expenses for their minor league players. If you're not going to compensate them correctly, at least provide housing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, give you know, keep your paying what you're paying if that's the case, but also provide the housing for them. That's one less thing than those guys have to worry about. Yeah, because if you think about, you have to try. You know, your your whole job is to train to play baseball, go to practice, perform at a game at your top level. But like you said, you can't get that proper sleep. You can't get that proper energy to you you know anything in general that you would need. Your focus is not on baseball at that point. Your focus is somewhere else and you need your focus on baseball. So if you take one of the biggest elements out of it where they can get the proper rest, that they don't have that worry, boom, that's one more step that they can get to, you know, perform at that top level. And just throwing this out there, um, the, the apartments that the Padres were providing were already furnished. So these guys didn't have to worry about furniture. They don't mm-hmm. have to worry about any incidentals other than their clothes, their, you know, personal essentials and food. Yeah. I mean, at that point, the, the your one big thing is already taken care of. Or I'm sorry, your multiple big things, because like you said, furniture, appliances. Yep. It's all taken care of. So if all you have to worry about is your food and train. Okay. And just just thinking locally, because we have talked about the senators in this segment, how many furnished apartment complexes are there in the surrounding area? So it's a 15 minute drive. There's furnished, there's for sure there's furnished apartment complexes in Colonial Park. Um, for those local listening to us, they know where that's at. And for you who aren't local, I apologize. Um, but there's at least a whole complex of at least 50 apartments that are already furnished. Yeah. And when, and, and what's a 15 minute drive. Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, if, if that was the case, I mean, and the centers, even with the nationals, the nationals could kind of foot something too. I agree with this, that they can say, Hey, we'll do this for you. So all you have to do is focus on food, personal, whatever you need personally. And that's it. Well, you know, we'll take care of 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 that. So, I mean, that's just a pipe dream, I guess, for other MLB teams actually doing that for their players. Sadly, yeah. You know, especially ones that are like highly drafted and are 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 big prospects. And that's that's a big thing too. Is that you know prospects and. All that fun stuff. And, you know, and again, not everyone's a bonus baby. So, you know, there's going to be some players who have pretty good contracts because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I mean, they some may have like a two-way contract. I'm just going off. I, I don't know how the contracts work with MLB. I just know with hockey, a lot of times it's a two-way contract to go from NHL to AHL. Right. But. I'm not sure how, how they do that with, uh, you know, with all the baseball contracts to where 
you're strictly minor league, you're strictly pro, you can go, you know, from MLB to minors. So they may get some type of compensation for that to where, you know, because I know I was reading the article, there is a minimum that if you have that type of contract, you get more because you're up in the pro, you know, up in, up in major league baseball. Right. Who knows? I mean, it would be great to see the actual parent team of these, of these high prospects, these rookies to actually say, Hey, you, you know, or, you know, even just to the team itself, Hey guys, this is what we're going to do for you. You're in our organization. This is what we're doing. Will that happen? Like, like we said, who knows? Okay, so just throwing this out here hypothetically. Um, because I had to do it for the sake of the, the discussion. Um, Two-bedroom, furnished apartment, 15 minutes away from the stadium, $850, times that by 25 players. That's 21000 a month. Which for how how many? Let's say, well, like we were saying earlier, it's a little over a hundred thousand for a six month season. Okay, but if you have a team, well, even let's say with the Senators, just like I said, we're just using them just because they're close. You know, you could be in Reading, you could be in Lehigh, right? And that and that price is going to change based on on yeah. location too. But, but if I you mean, think about it though, what you know, if we knew the average price of a advertisement done. Well, let's just say five advertisements done in a, you know, in a season. Okay. So, and now, now keep this in mind, league minimum for MLB is a little over a half million. So that would be under league minimum, what you're paying for six months locally and apartments for a 25 man roster. And really you could probably cut that in half because it's two bit. They're two bedroom apartments. Yeah. So really you're looking at 12 apartments, 13 apartments at eight fifty. We're getting nerdy up in here, folks. So you're looking yeah. at 66,000. So that's even cheaper. And, and and like we said, how many teams get the advertising that you? I can guarantee you, in a season span, that advertising is going to cover that bill. Probably, yeah. You know, because think about it, you get let's say five advertisements for a season. I should say five. I know there's probably more. We're just staking the discussion. We're, we're going to do five. Even if you do, let's just say a company pays what? Let's say fifteen thousand. Advertise for the season. 15000 for the month. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. That covers right. it right that's, there. That's one month rent for 13 apartments for the team. So it can easily be done just with the advertisements alone. And, and, and like I said, that's if. You know, these are all big ifs. We don't know the actual numbers. Right. We don't know how many advertisements that, uh, these actual teams get they could probably get more you know they're definitely more than five so but but looking at for players on a 40-man roster 
on options to to the miners, the minimum is forty six thousand. That's the minimum for that. It just needs to be higher. These guys deserve better. They do. I mean, I know people are like, well, these guys are playing, you know, baseball. They, you know, they're living their dream. They're making, you know, some people, they just think of, of Major League Baseball. They don't think of what the minor league players The guys go hustling through. for the little bit of money just for the chance to make it to the to the big league. I know. You know, so, yes, you do see players making $30 million a year, things like that. These guys, these guys barely make anything uh, just to be begin with, with all that. So, you know, they, they have to live in sponsor housing just to be able to play baseball. Now, let's just hope MLB really steps up and kicks in the high gear and hopefully does something worthwhile for this. So on that note, that would be the end of the first period. Right back after a short break. Baseball fans, check out the Baseball Together podcast. Your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Brigie Blue Eyes, present new episodes for the entire baseball family every Tuesday. Available on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Come join our baseball family where we do baseball together. Greetings, wrestling fans. My name is Peter DeLong, and if you're looking for quick, easily digestible nuggets of pro wrestling goodness in an episodic format, look no further than Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong on YouTube. Join me as I highlight different wrestlers or promotions worthy of your attention. Each episode features wrestlers, teams, and stables that deserve the spotlight, upcoming events in your local independent wrestling scene, or anything else interesting in the world of independent wrestling. Listen in as I run down the must-know info to get you familiar with our subject du jour. And then sit back and enjoy a related match featuring delectable custom commentary by yours truly, including some exclusive footage you won't be able to find anywhere else. Get your wrestling fix in bite-sized episodes with Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong. If you have personal footage, an upcoming event, or a product in general that could benefit from being featured on Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong, feel free to shoot me a message at PeterDeLongTalks at gmail.com, PeterDeLong on Facebook, or Twitter at DE underscore Talks. All right, welcome back for the second period. Uh, the update from Major League Baseball playoffs. So the way I know a lot of people think with uh, baseball playoffs, best of seven right now. First, uh, you know, the, the round before this was best of three, which I'm still trying to figure out why they go. Or no, I'm sorry, best of five. Sorry. They go best of five, then best of seven. Can never figure out why. They just don't go seven all the way through. But now we're into the best of seven series. And minor dog from last episode is out. So is mine. So. Yeah, Cardinals and Yankees are both out. But we still have teams in it from our World Series pick. We still have that. <laughs> How good that will be, who knows. Uh, so now we're in the, basically what would be the conference series. The championship, you know, the, uh, yeah, the AL, the championship series. A, the National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series. So right now it is the Houston Astros versus the Red Sox. Who do you have? They both suck. 
I'm not a Red Sox fan, and I'm not an Astros fan by any means because they're the are the asterisks. Um, but in this case, I'm going to go with the Red Sox. They have the hot hand. They won the wild card. Um, they won the NLDS. Um, so right now they have the momentum in their favor. They're fighting from underneath in this one. Well, for the Red Sox, just take the trash cans away from the Astros and they'll be fine. Here's the thing. The Red Sox beat. They beat the Rays, if I remember correctly. Um, And the Rays were the pick. I mean, that's who everyone thought was going to go. That's who Brad and Briggs thought were going to go to the World Series and didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm. I picked the Astros. Uh, they won the season series. I know that doesn't matter in the playoffs because the playoffs is a different beast. But a lot of times, some teams just have their number. I, 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 the reason I'm going with the Red Sox again, they're hot at the right time. Throw analytics out the window. Sometimes teams get hot and they go on a hot streak. And I think that's the Red Sox right now. And I think they're pretty dangerous. I agree with that. But, you know, like I said, I'm just picking that just because of of this of that of the season series and we'll just see how it goes i mean you know like you know playoffs are always a different beast with everything else so it's not like with any you know with all that do we want to see the red sox win the series do we want to see the astros win the series no <laughs> but if we had to pick a team So then we have the Braves and the Dodgers. Who do you have for that one? Dodgers. The Dodgers had a 106-game win, win season. They finished with a record of .654, one of the best teams in baseball, and they weren't even the best team in their – record-wise, they weren't the best team in the division. I think they were the best overall team in their division, talent-wise. They have the talent against the, the Braves. The Braves are coming in from a weak division. I love my Phils. It was a weak division. When the Phils and the Braves were the two teams contending in those final two weeks, and both of them were barely over 500, it speaks a lot about the quality of the teams in that, in that NL East division. True. The Braves got here because they're in a bad division. The Dodgers are just a much, much better team. Kills me to say it. Not that I like the Braves by any means, but I hate rooting for the Dodgers, but the Dodgers, facts are facts. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I have the Dodgers too. It's, uh, once again, I looked up the season series. That one was only a 4-2 season series by the Dodgers. But like you said, and, you know, Atlanta is coming from a weak division. I know it's... With the Phillies, it's just not easy to say. <laughs> but the Dodgers are that better team, and that's just how I Dodgers feel. Dodgers pitching be. is just phenomenal, too. I mean, you got, I mean, Scherzer's amazing still. So, and it was a smart move to pick them from the the Nats when they're having their fire sale. Well, what was it last series? Uh, a couple of the Nats went to the game. Yes, I forget. I, f- I forget who they said actually. Uh, and they wore the their game. teammates, their corresponding Nats jerseys for their teammates on the Dodgers. 
<laughs> but hey, they showed some though. They did. They showed, and that's that's the brotherhood of baseball right there. You know, uh, that's something you really don't see every day or in general in, in, in other sports. You know, good friends showing up at a game and you know, from another team and, you know, can, you know, congratulate, you know, just saying, Hey, congratulations on making the playoffs and going far. Now, yeah, like I said, I, the Dodgers are definitely a stronger team. They're pitching. Like you just said, is there. Um, now from these four teams, you have the Sox. I have the Astros. We both have the Dodgers. So let's say Dodgers and Sox, who would you pick for the series? And, uh, of that Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. It's funny enough. I would, uh, since I have the Astros, I'd actually pick the Dodgers as well. You know, I just think- like we said, just because the Dodgers are more, you know, even though the Sox, let's, you know, let's just say the Sox go on, they have the hot hand. I've, you know, the Dodgers are, have more depth to them. And same thing with the Astros, the Dodgers have more, you know, as, either way with with the Braves and Dodgers, it's going to be a fight. I don't but think so, but we'll find out. Think, yeah, I mean, we'll find out because I think what uh, one of the series starts tonight, I think, uh, Friday night. I think it does. Um, yes, one of them started tonight. W- which one started? I don't know because the game is over already. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> I and we're recording, pick. so <laughs> yeah. I was actually watching the Flyers game, which unfortunately they lost. <laughs> so, but there's uh, much NLCS is starts tomorrow night. So that means the ALCS started tonight, and it's not over yet. It is in the top of the seventh. It is three three, which means it is a long game. I would I would say so. Where is my? And by tomorrow night, I mean Saturday night, because uh, we record on Friday nights. So anyone listening on Sunday, you're already ahead of us. <laughs> Everybody's gonna know the results of this by well Saturday morning, even though this won't be posted until Sunday. Right. But uh, but right now it's three three top of the seventh. So this is playoffs. Who knows what's gonna happen anymore? Playoffs can really just change, change in general with all that. So, but yeah, MLB playoffs soon over. You know, well, baseball soon over. That's the downfall. Of that you know, you know, you don't <laughs> want to see your sport go away. But hey, those guys, baseball players deserve that three month rest. <laughs> really, two month rest because of. Uh... Because of spring training and everything, but oh yeah, it's just like hockey. As soon as the playoffs end, it's you get like a month or two off, and then right back in the training camps. I'm willing to bet there's players right now whose season ended a few weeks ago who are already training for next season. Probably, and I wouldn't doubt that too. Just because they want to keep in that top shape, they want to they want to be more competitive than what they what they were. Try to figure out ways to to get that edge legally. Meanwhile, the '93 Phillies, Cruck was like throwing down pizza in the off season and beer. 
none, none of those guys cared about their about their fitness in the off season. <laughs> That's what spring training was for back in the day. Right. I think how Babe Ruth did it. Beer and hot dogs. <laughs> and <Hey>. women. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say it's a low-calorie snack. hi Okay. I'm Jeez. taking it too far. Uh, so on that note, that's the end of the second period. We'll be right back after a short break. If you're looking for a podcasting channel with lots of shows in one spot, look no further than CKCC Radio. I'm Chris O'Mealy, the commissioner of CKCC Radio, and I'd like to tell you about some of the great shows you can listen to when you subscribe to our channel. You can check out The Nerd Table with myself and my co-hosts Eric and Dan as we review all kinds of nerdy topics on a weekly basis. You can also check out two shows by Jeff Trelowitz, the Ranking Tracks podcast and the Real Paranormal Talk podcast, where Jeff ranks songs on the album that he reviews and also talks about his real-life paranormal investigations while talking about famous stories as well. You can check out the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman as he reviews all of the racing events of the past week. Check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews various artists throughout the music industry and plays samples of their songs with their permission. Check out The A Show and By The Numbers. Matt Derline, professional wrestling referee, hosts By The Numbers as he interviews wrestlers in matches that he himself has personally been the referee for. And on The A Show, him and Chris Decker team up to draft rosters with special guests from various years in wrestling promotions. There's also the Board to Death binge cast where the Board to Death clan reviews easy-to-digestible chunks of television shows and movies for your enjoyment. There's also tons of other great shows, but there's too many to talk about here. So you'll just have to check out CKCC Radio at ckccradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What's up? My name is Matt Durland, and I'm here to tell you about the two podcasts that I host on the Club Kayfabe Creative Communities, CKCC Radio. The first is called By the Numbers, where I interview wrestlers whose matches I have refereed in my nearly 20-year independent professional wrestling career. Tune in and hear the stories of the matches and the stories behind the matches themselves. My other show is called The A-Show, co-hosted by Chris Decker. Each episode, Chris and I are joined by one or two special guests, and together we hold a mock draft based on a specific year and wrestling promotion, and then build cards based on our drafted rosters. You, the listener, decide who has the best card by voting on our Twitter poll each episode. You can hear By the Numbers and The A-Show Mondays at 9 a.m. alternating weeks on CKCC Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Period 3. Now, Period 3, this one's going to be an interesting topic because there's so many rules to this, so many different changes over the years. It's blocking the plate. Let's start off with um, the fact that the catcher probably most known for being hit at home plate. Ray Fossey just passed away. <laughs> um, Fossey, I think as a majority of our listeners would know, uh, was mugged at home plate by Pete Rose in the 1970 all-star game. And Fossey's career was never actually the same afterwards. Mugged. Is that the word you're going with? That's the word I'm going with. Yeah, that's putting it nicely because that was that was a train wreck. I mean, the way them two collided, I mean, Rose I, just came it, in just like a train. He just he he knew what was happening. He knew what he was doing. 
I, you know, I gotta, I gotta say the truth. I think Rose might have been the best at collisions at home plate because there is a play from the 1980 NLCS, the Phils versus the uh, the Astros, back when the Astros were a National League team. Um, where Rose is coming home, I think it's actually Game Five. Rose is coming home, and Bruce Bochy, who later would become known as the manager of the Giants for most of the 2000s and 2010s, he's the catcher and he's got the ball and he's blocking the plate. And anyone who's listening, you can't see me reenacting it. I'm sorry. Um, that's only for those watching on YouTube. Anyway, Rose is running home, right? So we're just Bo- playing charades right now. We are. Bochi got the ball and Rose forearm shivers the crap out of him and just walks, just walks across the plate. Yeah, any catcher that gets hit basically by a train because he's just he's trying to be a brick wall. Yeah. Is what he's trying to do. And some of these guys coming in could be twice the size of some of these catchers. And just literally a, a shoulder that you would see in football. Just coming straight in. I mean, it it can get ugly. I mean, don't get me wrong, some people that's what you know it's like in hockey people want to see fights some people want to see that play at the plate that has that but i i know over the years the rules have changed to where you can't block the plate unless you have the ball first off i know i'm I'm gonna make no fans here and that's kind of become my role i think collisions at home plate have stopped because buster posey is weak (laughs) <laughs> because Buster Posey can't take a hit and he was the golden boy catcher there for a while. Things had to change. Just calling it how I see it. One player ruins it all for everybody. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, that's because uh, what well, I think that was a rule. I forget when it was put in that you like the catcher had to be was it behind or like beside the plate until un, until the ball comes in uh i have to look it up because i don't know it off the top of my head so i know the one uh, the one highlight i was watching uh of this of just rules that changed the game and this was one of them where i forget who the teams were player was coming in the catcher was I think at the far corner of the plate, like the front far corner, not in front, you know, not blocking any of the path of the player. And the ball was thrown. It was a perfectly thrown ball to where now the catcher had to move to it, of course, but it was a perfectly thrown ball to where it was right where the catcher needed to be to make the tag. And the guy came in. I don't think he even slid. I don't think he even did that. And he got tagged. But then there was a big discussion. He got called safe after a a review. Because I guess they said that the catcher blocked the plate. Now, I don't know. That type of rule is ridiculous to see that. To where it could change a game that much to where you have to to go to where the ball is going, but yet you still can't block the plate, but this, but, but you have to go get the ball. Well, I mean, 
they're trying to cut down on flagrant collisions, but in doing that, it's taken away an aspect of the game that is it, baseball is a game of strategy, and you've taken away part of that strategy by shying away from blocking the plate because of the Buster Posey rule, which is 713, uh, 7.13. Growing up as a fan, and as a fan now, there are certain things that add excitement to a baseball game. Stealing home and a collision at home plate are just as much fun as seeing a home run. Oh, yeah, that play at the plate is always, always fun to watch. Because, you know, you throw somebody out at home plate, you just saved a run. That's always a big momentum. Now, it's always an adrenaline rush. You know, that's just how it is. Um, You know. I don't I under I understand why it's something that they want to move away from because because of concussion protocol. Well, not just concussions, but also severe injuries. Right. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of a lot of rules changes in professional sports in regards to contact, I think, come down to concussion protocol, head injuries, head trauma. You don't like in the case of Rose, Rose would get down lead with his head and shoulder into a into a the catcher you don't want incidental head-on-head collisions you don't want the catcher not being able to protect himself and hitting his head off the ground or the plate um so i i understand why they want to do away from it but you're also taking part of that strategy away from the team and the catcher because the catcher's goal is to make sure that they don't score in that situation well, yeah, I mean, well, not just the concussions. Uh, Ray, well, after him and Pete collided, he suffered a separated shoulder. So it wasn't much of a concussion on that one. It was more of a separated shoulder. But, as you know, that's what I mean. With, with just any type of injury, yeah, concussions are always something that everybody's looking at. But there's other injuries know. involved, yes, and I, and I agree with that. But I think most of it comes down to some form of concussion and injury protocol. I, I don't know. I'm torn on it. Cause I mean, I, I played catcher as a kid. It's something you were taught to do. Um, oh yeah. So, you know, so, uh, I did the same thing. I was a catcher as well. And I so, think it's yeah. an, it's an, a very exciting play to watch. Um, and it's not something that happened that often that I think it needed to be eliminated. Not every game had guys getting nailed at home plate. No, it's, it's something that it doesn't have to happen too often. When it happens, yeah, it's exciting. It's an adrenaline rush, especially if you're a team that, you know, you're in the outfield and you throw a player out at home from from the outfield. You know, you get that that play that, you know, the, the player – Gets the ball in the outfield, throws that nice, you know, throw to the catcher, and that boom, laser there it is. throw to the catcher from center field, and he gets taken out with the runner, but he holds on to the ball and gets the guy out. That's that's an awesome play. That's 
That's oh, oh yeah, you know that's an instant replay right there. Um, oh yeah, especially you know, like you said, the collision at home plate. The guy, you know, the catcher still has the ball, and it's like, yeah, I got it, and try it again and see what happens. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's almost like you're taunting him. <laughs> Do it well, again. Come you're, on, you're showing your physical wherewithal by by withstanding the hit and holding on to the the ball. Well, I guess, still. like um, I said, when you know when you try to be that wall and then you become that wall. Yeah, you know, it, it's a statement. It is. And and, and looking at it objectively, um, because, I mean, as much as I'm in favor of it, I'm not stupid. I understand why they, they, they're doing away with it and have done away with it. You know, those guys, the catcher's wearing very minimal padding. Yeah, it's not thick padding at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, more than likely, the catcher already got the mask off. <laughs> So right there, the guy coming home has a a helmet on at best, unless it's flown off, no padding. These guys, this is an old school backyard football hit at best. (laughs) To say it's just like playing backyard football. There, there's, there's a lot of chance for injury. Um, So I understand. Um, It's not like an on an open ice hit in hockey or a boarding hit in hockey. It's not like you know, a tackle from Troy Polamalu in the back when he was in the NFL, you know, you're not very protected with this hit. You're going to take <laughs> or no, it's not. But when that play happens and that collision happens at home plate and everybody's waiting to see, does he have the ball? It's that, you know, it's that anticipation. Does yes. he have it? Does he have it? That build up, you know, to, to, you know, to have the excitement of that. And when he has it, then, you know, it's like everybody's jumping, everybody's excited, especially if it's the home team. That place is rocking like you just hit a home run. You know? And then it's kind of like, oh, when you see the ball just kind of like trickle away. Pardon me. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just been train wrecks that, you know, when it does happen, it's it turns into a train wreck. Yes, I agree. Um, let Let us know listeners let us know your thoughts on the subject do you think it's something you miss or is it something you think baseball doesn't need i think we're both kind of in the air on it we miss it but we understand why it's not being done it's a double-edged sword is what it is because you want to see it you love to see the excitement the adrenaline of it because like you know like i just said the excitement when that collision happens and one, you either save, you know, you save the run, but yet you have to wait for the umpire to make sure that you have the ball secured and it's not like somewhere else. And then that adrenaline rush when the, you know, the home team actually d- does that, your team, and it's like, yeah. Did you, uh, did you hear the story Girardi to- told about his Coach? first time playing in Philly? No. As a catcher, when he was a catcher for the Cubs. Um, so his first game in Philly, he got taken out at home plate by Kruk. Oh, jeez! And Kruk broke his nose. That's a train. To the point where it, w- it was bleeding. He had to leave the game because he was bleeding and he had to be sent to the hospital. And he said that after the game, Kruk came to the hospital to visit him. <laughs> at least, he, you know, at least he went to the hospital to say, hey. <laughs> you know, right. Sorry. But I mean, his, his first story about playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> He's getting laid out by Kruk. <laughs> well, at least it was, at least it was by Kruk. 
Yeah. yeah. Actually, better crook than 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 uh than Dykstra, who probably would have killed him. Probably. That dude had a mean streak like no one else back in the day. You know, but I mean, well, back then, like you said, the padding was probably thinner back in the day. Yeah, you know, just like back in the day with football, where there was no face guards or very little padding, if at all, any padding. Well, you got to think Dykstra was just hopped up on roids and chewing tobacco, too. So, yeah, <laughs> if he was going to take out the catcher, he was he was making sure they weren't getting up. That is true. That's... That would have been the equivalent to one of those old school NFL clotheslines that guys were allowed to do back in the 70s and 80s. Right. No holes. Why? You might as well just sit at home, play with a baseball bat at that point. You know, you sit in a baseball. Like, come on. Come on, come on. I got oh, the like, ball, so come like, on. Like Brig last episode with his Babe Ruth bat. Oh, <laughs> uh, we lost him. Oh, he's back. And he's armed. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Did, didn't mean to offend about Babe Ruth. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we, like we said, Babe Ruth wouldn't make it in the modern era. Well, I think Jonathan even said he probably wouldn't make it in minor league ball now. No. <laughs> I don't think Babe could live on $400 a, a, a week. A week? He, he'd blow that in an hour. Probably, yes. Probably, yes, based on what we know about the Babe. You know, let's just say beer and hot dogs just to be nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just with the collisions of everything with baseball it's just like i said i it's a double-edged sword you you understand why you want it back you know you want to be able to do it but yet you know what injuries can come from right and it's always the excitement part absolutely yeah so so listeners let, let us know your side what do you want of do you do you want it back do you want to see it gone let us know Post up on Facebook, put in the comments when you watch this uh, or when you listen, put in the comments then. Um, but yeah, it's and of course, there's always different rules with it with between college and. And, you know, and MLB amateur baseball, youth baseball, I think youth baseball, you can't really do much of anything just because it's youth baseball. Well, you never know. They might want the kids clobbering each other. I don't know. Get them, get them ready for, get them ready for the fun times. That's right. <laughs> that was the worst part about playing catcher as an eight-year-old back in the in, in our town ball days because it wasn't broken up by age group like it is now, where I'd be catching against other eight-year-olds. No, 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 no. No, we, we'd be catching against twelve-year-olds. Who had like 50 pounds on some of us and they're charging home with everything they got. Here we are like, uh, I smell colors. <laughs> <laughs> you sit you'd be just laying there like, hi, see the Tweety birds around your head. And I see sound. <laughs> <laughs> I taste color. <laughs> Or as Ralph put it, I'm in danger. Yes. 
But of course, we're kids. We don't know any better. We just stand there and take it. I remember, I forget the kid's name, but he was the catcher for uh, the Pirates team here in town. And he got so hard, he he peed. And he forgot to wash his cup. So his cup, like, got real nasty oh. for the next game. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Because I remember the umpire had to tell him that he needed to, they needed a different catcher for that game. Oh. Mm. Yep. Nope. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's bad. That's bad. That's pretty bad when the ump has to say that. That is pretty bad. Well, you know, the ump was someone who probably knew him because it was all the umps were local guys that they pulled from the Legion drinking. So <laughs> I did the same thing. So they probably knew what was going on. Hey, Ralph, you want to umpire? <laughs> well, hell, they didn't have to pay him. They just says, how much? Here's a six pack. Okay. Bike three, you're now. Strike three, safe. (laughs) (laughs) Who's on first? Falls over trying to brush off the plate, you know. Brush off the plate with like his arm, just like, I have a brush. Is there an umpire in the house? (laughs) That's a Uh, bad joke. Okay. He's sitting there trying to brush his teeth with the brush (laughs) instead of using it on the plate. This is the thing Joe wipes me down with after my haircut. Oh, oh, jeez! <laughs> like that's the brush my grandfather is like an umpire brush that yeah, he uses is. to. That yes, it is brush that off is. the 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 cape when he's uh, after he cuts your hair. That is true. That is that's definitely true. <laughs> that one. Uh, so on that note, that'd be the end of the third period. That went downhill <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly, that went downhill. Was it entry's conversation? Yes, it was. Especially we always end up telling stories at some point. So, yeah, that is true. We always end up doing that. <laughs> oh, fun times! Uh, fun times. Well, I guess this is the this is it. So uh, you can find me. Every Wednesday with Brad from Baseball Together on the Punk Popcast. Uh, every Wednesday we go over different artist albums and songs from the world of pop punk music. Uh, that just started because we found out over the last year of BSing on Facebook Messenger that we both have a very big love of the genre of pop punk music. Uh, and for like six months, we're like, hey, we should do a podcast. And we finally did. Uh, <laughs> The current episode that is up is us talking about our favorite lesser known or obscure songs. And the episode dropping next Wednesday will be an episode dedicated to the album Destination Unknown by the band Mest. Uh, It's 30 minutes of pop punk goodness, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, With that, thank you for joining us for episode 31 of the Nine Other Sports podcast. You can find the Not Another Sports Podcast online at facebook.com slash not another sports pod. 
twitter.com slash not another spore one tiktok at nas pod 20 instagram at nas pod 20 and we are on youtube you please comment like reach out to us that's why we have social media if you have an opinion on blocking the plate let us know if you have a prediction for the world series let us know if you have thoughts on if you think minor league baseball players should be paid more please let us know that's why we got it to interact with you the listener uh yes the not another sports podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm apple podcast spotify stitcher podcast addict and even now on our facebook page you can listen to the podcast uh that's a new feature on on our page on facebook um so please listen to us don't forget to subscribe rate and review uh my name's jason i'm david we'll talk with you next time have a good one you have been listening to the not another sports podcast Thank you for your listenership.